Hey, this is Mitch Rose. I'm the lead pastor of City Hills Church, and this is our podcast. Thanks for tuning in today. I hope this message encourages you, it inspires you, it challenges you to live your best life. Take a listen. Here's this week's message. Going to be a good day today. Thank you for uh, being in church. Thank you for worshiping today. Man, I love a church coming with expectancy. I need some of y'all to come to 9 o'clock and teach them people how to do it, okay? Is them 9 o'clock people still sleepy, all right? So... I need y'all, I need y'all, one of y'all, I was going to say get up early, but I know this crowd, y'all not going to do that, so stay up all night and just come to church at nine o'clock, all right, and, and let's, let's just go, I'm so excited about where we're headed uh, over the course of this summer, summer blast is here, your kids right now, they didn't know this, there's a game truck out there for them, just so many fun things we do in the summer for families, I'm super excited, our student conference is coming up. In a couple of weeks, that, that God bless you and God bless you, two of you. Uh, Going to be a great time at Wave Student Conference. And then we're just four weeks away from our August 21 days of prayer together, everybody. And I'm just, I'm, I'm really expecting a miracle this year. I really mean that. Now, I, I know you expect me to say that. But I'm telling you, there's some things that God is working out. I can't tell you right now. But I will very soon. And we need a miracle. And in Jesus' name, I believe the month of August, God's going to open the windows of heaven and God's going to pour out a miracle for us. Say amen to that, everybody. I really do believe that. I'd love for you to go all in with me at 21 days. Just going to be a great season. And then we're into the fall, and I just I just love it. And it, maybe it won't be 3,000 degrees. And anyway, it's going to be a good, good time. Get your Bibles out. We are in week number one of a brand new series we've called The Promises of God. And I try to be clever and creative sometimes and our team does and how we uh, theme our series um, I asked the Lord a long time ago uh, to help me always creatively present the gospel to you and um, and I, we try to do that and and a few months ago as I started preparing for this series uh, I asked the Lord you know how do, how do we package this and how, I know what I want to say tell me what to say and I, I'm telling you we couldn't it was nothing and so I just said, you know what we're going to call it? We're going to call it the promises of God. And we're going to let people take hold of something that God has promised you. It, I, I have met too many Christians who live beneath the potential that God has in their life. You're saved. You're on your way to heaven. But you're living beneath the blessing of God that he wants you to live. He, Jesus said it like this. The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But I've come that they may have life. I want you to have abundant life. I want you to live in the promises of God in your life. And so the next four weeks, I don't want you to miss a single week. If you're able to be here, I'd love for you to be here all four weeks and catch the promises of God. All right, let's pray. We'll get right into it. Father, thank you for God's word. I'm going to open this book today. And God is going to speak to me. As I open the Bible, I open my heart. And I believe you're going to speak to me today. We're going to leave here encouraged, challenged, changed, inspired together. We're going to leave here better than we came. In Jesus' name. And everybody say amen. amen. Come on, everybody shout amen. 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 All right. I hope you take good notes. If you don't take notes in church, take notes in church anyway. Like this, I don't know why you wouldn't. I, you can't remember all this. You need it because God's going to speak to you something that, that he may not speak to your neighbor. And you're depending on them to take good notes. So take good notes in church today. Let me, I love preaching the first weekend of a, a brand new series because I get to lay the foundation for you 
for the next three or four weeks that we're going to be in this same topic together. And, and I really do. I'm asking you to come back and, and be here all four weeks for this because I really think this could be a life-changing series for you, especially as we lead into 21 days of prayer. But, but I really like to kind of lay the foundation for you. So today may be a little bit slower because I want to give you some foundational stuff about the promises of God. Here's the first thing. The promise, I didn't put this on the screen, but the promises of God come in two levels. They come in two levels. The first one are the written universal Bible promises of God that apply to everybody. They're unconditional. Uh, you don't have to do anything for it. And it applies to everybody equally. Let me give you an example. Uh, when God destroyed the earth by water, he tells Noah, I'm, I'm making a covenant with you. I promise you I'll never destroy the earth by water again. And I'm going to give you a rainbow in the sky to remind you of the covenant. Everybody know what I'm talking about there? Now, you don't have to do anything to get that, and it applies to everybody equally. It's the promise of God to sinners. It's the promise of God to saints. It, you don't have to do anything. You don't have to live a certain You don't have to even follow God for that promise. You're still not going to drown by God destroying the earth by water because he made a promise. Are you there? That's the first level. The second level of the promises of God, which is what I'm going to preach to you the next four weeks. The second level are the applied promises that when you open this book, there's a promise that jumps off the page and it's for you and it's for your family and it's for your marriage and it's for your children and it's for your city and it's for your church. And if you'll apply that principle in your life, there's a promise attached to it. You didn't catch that. i got to give you some more. There's some stuff God wants to do just for you. Say amen to that. If you don't catch anything else I say in this series, I want you to catch this. God is for you. God's for your success. God's for your blessing. God's for your marriage. God's for your children to be godly. God's for your relationships to thrive. God's for you to be healthy emotionally and spiritually and physically. It's God. God is for you, not against you. And if you grew up in a bad theology telling you God's always out to get you, let me set you free today. God's not out to get you. God's out to bless you, everybody. God's, out, God's got promises that he wants to fulfill in your life. The Bible says it this way, for God so loved the world. God didn't, he wasn't mad at the world. He loved the world. He was motivated by love for you and for me. There's promises that God has for you, and he's for you. Now, I want you to grab the next four weeks. And I don't want you to make this a promise about them. I don't want you to make it a promise about them. I don't want you to make it a promise even about our church. I want you to make it a promise about me. That this is for me. I, God has made me this promise. And if I apply the principle of God in my life, I can receive the result of the promise. Amen to that. Let me give you our theme verse. You'll find it in 2 Peter. Uh, a, a small book in the back of the New Testament, almost to the end of the Bible, Second Peter 1 and 4. The Bible says, God has given us his very great and precious promises so that through them, now listen, this is how you can live the abundant life. So most people think, well, all I got to do is receive. And when it comes to salvation, you're right. All you got to do is receive. You can't do anything, no works. You can't earn it. You can't get good enough to get to God. You can't scrub your tattoos off and God likes you better. I got some of y'all on tattoos, didn't I? <laughs> some of y'all are raised like me. You're like, but can I have one? Can I not? I, don't, I mean, what, what's he saying? I, anyway, some of y'all think you can get good and get to God. You can't do that. Salvation is a free gift of God. You can't do anything for it. All right, everybody? But everything after salvation, you've got responsibility. 
And the Bible said, if you'll apply these principles, it is through these very great and precious principles and promises that two things happen in your life. Underline these in your Bible, that you may participate in the divine nature. And number two, that you can escape the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. That's in that, that's in that scripture. So that you may participate in the divine nature. Two things, write this in your notes. Two things happen when you apply the promises of God in your life. Number one, you, uh, you, you participate in the divine nature. Now, if something isn't natural and it's, it's got divine natural, what's a better word for it? Supernatural. How many of you want God to give you supernatural strength, power, wisdom, understanding? Let me see your hands. How many, of you need, how many dads and moms need supernatural strength to not kill your kids? Come on, somebody. How many spouses need supernatural strength to not kill your spouse? You know you do. Some of y'all, I counsel you, you need it. Because I would kill him if I was you. I mean, I mean you need it. Super, <laughs> you need, how many of you young adults need supernatural strength to find your soulmate? Come on, raise your hands where you at. I'm trying to help you right now. This is a good place for single people to meet, you know. And I need supernatural wisdom. I need supernatural strength to be the father God's called me to be. I can't do it on my own. If I had my own ability, I wouldn't need God. I need supernatural ability. Are you there, everybody? That's why you're in a spirit-filled church. So you say, Pastor, what does that mean? I thought every church was spirit-filled. Well, the Holy Spirit's present. He's the seal of our salvation. But you're in a church today that believes that you can walk in the power of the Holy Spirit, that you can have supernatural ability. I'm not, I'm not talking about Superman stuff. I'm not talking about magic. I'm talking about when the whole world's crumbling and you're able to stand tall. You didn't do that in your own natural. The Holy Spirit gave you supernatural strength in the face of adversity. I need supernatural wisdom. Where's all my parents at? I need supernatural wisdom to know how to raise godly kids. Listen, this world's getting worse. I'm telling y'all, it's getting bad in a hurry. I don't know if the devil drives a car, but he's put the gas down. You know what I'm saying? I mean, it's getting bad in a hurry. Jesus is coming back, by the way. That's the good news. But it's getting bad. You got to make, you don't just need to choose a school for your children. You need supernatural strength to how to raise teenagers. I need a supernatural wisdom to how to lead on my job and how to be the employer or employee God's called me to be. I need supernatural wisdom. I need some, So if you apply the promises of God, the Bible says you get to participate in the divine nature. That's number one. Number two, you, you also get to escape the corruption of the world. The Bible says caused by your own desires. I know there's some technical difficulties. I can see down here right behind my head. You just look straight at me, all right? Our team's doing a fantastic job. This is a portable place. That's why we're going to believe for a miracle, and we're going to get a permanent building in Jesus' name. Say amen to that. I, the Bible says you can participate in the divine nature. The second thing is you can escape the corruptible, that stuff, that corruption in the world caused by my own desires. Now, let me interpret that for you. Listen. The Bible says not only can you have supernatural strength through the promises of God, but you can break the cycle of sin and hurt and pain and curses in your life if you'll apply the promises of God to your life. Let me say it better this way. There's some stuff that you're dealing with. It's not about your salvation. It's about your cycle. You ever, you ever, you ever felt like you, your family arrived to this country on the crazy train? Anybody know what I'm talking about? The crazy train? Y'all know. You've heard of the struggle bus. Some of y'all got here on the crazy train. You know, you go to family reunions, you think, I got to be adopted. I know I look like y'all. 
but I got to be adopted. This is not, I didn't come from this. You ever, you, I'm serious. You, you, you ever think to yourself, there's just no way I'm going to get off this merry-go-round of addiction and, and pain. and cur- My father dealt with this. My grandfather dealt with it. We could never get out of poverty. And their marriage fell apart. And I'm, I'm getting married. And I'm worried about my marriage falling apart. And they dealt with anger. And now I've got this anger issue. And they, they were given to addiction. And, and now here I am addicted to pornography. And I don't know how I got here. And, and, and I, I, I want to get off of this crazy cycle. Anybody know what I'm talking about there? I want to get, the Bible says you can break, you can escape the corruption, that cycle of the world that even your own desires do. How? By applying, by living the promises of God in your life. You get supernatural strength and you break the cycle of hurt and pain. So the next three weeks, I'm going to give you that. I'm going to give you how to apply the promises of God in your life. But I got to lay a foundation today. Here's the first one. Write this down. A promise in the Bible is not something that you, it's not the thing that you think, well, it's automatic. No, no, no. The promise defined is this. A promise is an offer with a guaranteed result. Write it just like that. I chose every word correctly. A promise is an offer. I offer you the ability to live a supernatural life, break the cycle of sin off your life. It's an offer that if you'll take it, has a guaranteed result. Now let me teach this to you. I got to work this a minute. Will you let me work for you just a minute? You got, it's, most people believe you get the guarantee wrong. So when people drop the ball of faith in their life in the middle of a crisis, it's because you get the placement of the guarantee wrong. You think, well, God said, so it's a guarantee. That's not the way it works. God said, which is an offer for me to accept the promise, apply the promise, live the promise. Then God said, now the results are up to me. Are you following me? Let me say it better this way. How many of you were raised, you grew up, you learned to drive a car on a manual shift transmission. Where's all my stick shift? There you, you can tell. How many of you did not know there was such a thing? Everybody under, under 25 had no idea. You thought you just pushed the button and it went and drive. Come on. When you, it's manual shift. Now, there's a lot of cool things about a manual shift. I mean, there's some, there's some good stuff. It, the car gives you the offer of moving forward, right? But you got to get it in the right gear or you're going to stall out and stay right where you are at that traffic light and everybody's honking behind you. Do you know what I'm trying to say there? Right? Now, what's the difference in an automatic transmission and manual? Both of them are, are in the same vehicle, give you the idea. The, the, it's a, it seems like I can move forward. The difference is in a manual transmission, you've got something to do to put it in gear so you go forward. Now, listen to me. The promises of God are not automatic. You gotta do, you gotta shift some stuff in your life so that you can receive from God. You gotta do some, there's some, it requires, it's not a guarantee that God's gonna do it. It's a guarantee result. If I get the gears, if I shift my life and my thinking and my behavior and my attitudes and my talk and my people and my circle and my church and my ability, if I shift it in the right place, then God said, I guarantee you I'll show up and everything in your life will move forward. If y'all don't preach with me, I will preach on that chair right there. So help me. I'm that wild in second service. If you, you need something in your life to spur you along to go, God, I'm trying to get my life from this stuck position and move my life forward. And it's not just going to happen automatically. I've got a part to play in the promise of God in my life. Say amen to that. It's, it's, not guarant- it's a guarantee based on an offer. 
that you receive and apply. You can't just come to church and think, well, I'm, now I'm going to be a good Christian because I'm here. Being a good Christian just because you showed up to church is like thinking you're a milkshake because you go sit at Whataburger. Which don't sound like bad living, honestly. <laughs> you can't park in a garage and say, I'm now a Ferrari. You ain't none of that. And you're not a Christian uh, uh, living in the promises of God because you park at church. You got to do something. I got to apply this. It's an offer with a guaranteed result. Say amen to that, everybody. And the promise is about your future. I love this. The word promise literally comes from two root words. One of them meets forth, and one of them meets to send. Promise literally means to send forth. In other words, you can't promise something in your past. When God makes you a promise, oh God, when God makes promises that you'll live in your life, it's not based on your past performance, where you come from, what you did, all of those mistakes. God said if you'll shift and you'll put your life in alignment and you'll apply the principle of God in your life, I've got a promise that I'll still give you a future and a destiny and a blessing. I'll move your life forward. It doesn't matter where I come from. God always has future in mind for you do you receive that shout amen well you don't know what I've done you don't know how bad it was you don't know how many times it doesn't really matter promises are for your future and I want you to hear today and hear over this series the promise of God is that God has a plan for you that you haven't done too much gone too far messed up too much you're not too bad of a parent too bad of a spouse too bad of a daughter you, you hadn't messed up so much that God says, I, I'm done with them. No, no, no. Every, if you'll, if, all you got to do is shift some things in your life. Get them in line with God. And God said, I'll move your life forward into the future that I have for you. Now, the truth is, so many people in church today, you've had people make promises in your life they haven't kept. You've had people today that have let you down and made plenty of promises, maybe family or maybe friends. Maybe business partners. I promise this is going to work out. I promise we're going to be able to sell this. I promise this is going to be a good deal. And, and then they break it. And lawyers and contracts. And you thought it was, you thought it was, it was ironclad. And then, and then you're heartbroken. Or, or maybe the worst of all, you end your marriage ceremony. Matter of fact, I'm marrying a, a good couple uh, this weekend. Dream Teamers this weekend. They're in church today. And, and I'm super excited. And, and, and we get to the end of, 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 this, uh, of the ceremony and the vows. And it ends with, I will. I will. It's a promise. There are people in church today and you feel like that sacred, that covenant, that promise, I said I will and, and he said he would, but they didn't. And now it's broken and, and now, now, now you're worried about loving again and, and trust doesn't come easy. And you, and you think, I don't know that I can really trust God because I can't trust people. And people fail and people let you down. But I got, I got to get this in your spirit. Listen to me. When God makes you a promise, God will always fulfill his promise. You hear me today. Let me, let, me, let me speak life over you. It doesn't matter who let you down. God will not fail in your life. God can do everything but fail you. God's promises are yes and amen. And they're going to come to pass in your life. Say amen to that everybody. Now it may not always be like I want it to. The old song used to say it may, he may not come when I want him. But he'll be there right on time. That's all the saved people. All you heathens didn't know that song. Yeah. <laughs> it's the first church I ever got. All them churchy people, you know, he's an on-time God. Yes, he is. Yeah. 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 
He'll always come through. He'll always. Joshua says it like this, not one, not one of all the Lord's good promises to Israel ever failed. Every single one was fulfilled. The last couple of weeks, I've had the privilege of, of being with some family members of our church in their darkest times. One of the things I get to do as your pastor is, uh, as much as my schedule allows and, and the ability I have to stand with you in your best times. I've been there when your babies are born and held your new babies and prayed for them and dedicated them to the Lord. And, and I've married some of you. And then, and then I have the time to stand with you in your darkest seasons when you say goodbye to loved ones. And last couple of weeks, I've had the privilege of standing by a few people in their darkest seasons. And so I've been on the road a lot. And my staff makes fun of me. But if it's under seven or eight or nine hours... I'm not going to fly. I'm going to drive. Where's all my drivers at? Come on, somebody. All of y'all pretend it's, it's not faster. You got, to get, you got to go park. You got to go walk three miles. You got to get on this screaming bullet full of germs in a mask for seven and a half hours. It's hot. You're up there, and you, land, and you rent a car and do all It's the same thing. I can drive. Your brother's got wheels. Come on, somebody. So I drive. I'm going to do it again this week. I'm going to drive. <laughs> So I've, I've noticed driving Texas highways that, that they're building Amazon fulfillment centers every 10 miles. Have you noticed this? I mean, it's, it's unbelievable. Honestly, it's unbelievable. I was on my way from here to Houston. It's unbelievable how many Amazon fulfillment. You know what this is, right? This is like a 200,000, 300,000 square foot warehouse that Amazon fills up with stuff. And then these magic angels of, of joy go to the warehouse and they fill up their trucks and they come to your house six times a day. Are you with me? Anybody but me. I love this. I think this is, uh, if, if it turns out Amazon is the Antichrist, y'all forget I said this, but as of right now, I think God created it. I, I, I love it. I, I, just, I find myself buying everything on Amazon, and they, and they build these fulfillment centers close so that your brother can get it sooner. Because early on, this is true. I'm, I wish I was not lying. I, I'm not lying. I, I bought Prime because I wanted to get it in two days. And then, and then I kind of live a little, a little far out. I, I live on the other side of Bernie. And, 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 then, and then they got to one day delivery at my house. Hallelujah to the Lamb. And then listen, listen, this true story. And, and then and there's some stuff now I can buy on Amazon. They deliver it the same day. It's not even Amazon drivers. It's like some random Uber driver that fills stuff up in their car. And they just like throw it at my house. My kids used to be, we used to teach my kids, you know, don't go answer the door for strangers. Now, every time the doorbell rings, you're like... Daddy, <laughs> prizes, and I and, and I do the same thing, and I love it. And one day, the miracle I'm praying for, 21 days, is that we get two-hour delivery in Bernie. Come on, somebody. I believe in God. Believe with me this 21 days that God will give us two-hour Amazon delivery. I love it. I love it. Now, listen. The problem is I'm trained to get what I want when I want it. And God doesn't work on the same time. The fulfillment center in heaven's different than the fulfillment center. For, but every prop, Joshua said, every single one is fulfilled. I like to say it this way. There's some stuff that's okay in a microwave. Like a hot pocket ain't bad in a microwave. Where are all my hot pocket people at, you know? Yeah, as hot as the face of the sun on the inside of that. It ain't bad. But it ain't got nothing on an eight-hour pot roast and rice and gravy. Come on, somebody. And you serve a crockpot God and we want miracles in the microwave. And God doesn't work on the same timeline. It doesn't mean he's not working. 
It just means what he's making is better than what I could have created in, in 30 seconds. In, but it doesn't fail. And I don't want you, listen, I don't want you to give up while the miracle is still in the making. I don't want you to not trust the promises of God because it's been a year. Because it's been five years. I don't want you to give up on the promises of God that you haven't seen your kids come back to God. Listen to me. The promise of God is this. If you train a child in the way he should go when he is old, he will not depart. That's the promise of God. You need to put, I'm, I'm preaching to somebody, write this a word for you. You need to write that on a, on a sticky note and put it on the door frame of that child who's wayward right now. Who's, who's, listen, God is, it may not come when I want it. I wish it was there when they were 16 or 17 or 18. It may be when they're 25 or 30. I don't know when your husband's coming to church with you. I don't know when God's going to come through on that job that he's promised you. But I know this, if God said he would, not one promise has ever failed. Say amen to that. Hebrews 6 says it like this. When God wanted to guarantee His promises, you know what He gave us? His Word. It was a rock-solid guarantee. God cannot break His Word. Some things God can't do. God cannot break His Word. God cannot, not because He's not able, but because He's bound Himself by His own Word. He said, I looked for places to swear by. Heavens, I couldn't swear by that. I created those. Swear by earth. I couldn't, I couldn't swear by that. I created that. He said, so I decided to swear by my own name. I, God can't break his word. And because his word can't change, listen to this is the word of God for you today. The promise of God can't change either. So if God ever said it, then he meant it. If God ever gave you a promise, I want you to catch these next four weeks. God will come through for you. So how do I possess the promises of God? I'm glad you asked. i got to hurry. Number one, I know you're looking for three points, so I don't want to disappoint you. <laughs> Number one, you got to know His promises. I need to know His promises. And that sounds simple, but so many people want the promises of God, and you don't know the promises of God. You can't claim them if you don't know them. Every Christmas, my sister-in-law, God rest her sinner, uh, self, uh, she buys me a lottery ticket. <laughs> she buys me a, a, a lotto ticket. She buys all of our family. Uh, uh, lottery, is that the right word? Yeah, yeah, like Mega Millions or whatever, Powerball, whatever it is. And she, and she buys these tickets. And I've been known, you know, when it goes up to five, six, eight, seven, hundred million dollars, I've been known to make Aubrey go buy more, you know, because we're trying to build a church in Jesus' name. <laughs> I'm, I'm lying. I'm, we've never done that, have we? But, I mean, we will tithe on it if we win. I'm just saying, <laughs> God, you hear me. I promise. I'm going to build a church. So she gives us, and she puts it in her stockings. And, and, you know, it's just a paper. You know, it's just this little paper. And so, and so I'm so protective of this paper. Like, I don't want to look, because I just know the one year I lose it is the year I'm going to win. Because <laughs> you can't claim it if you don't know it. You, you can't claim the promises of God in your life. It, there's a promise for every situation in your life. You need to memorize the Word of God. You need to memorize promises you're believing God for. Uh, growing up in Sunday school, we used to get prizes and candy. That's some of my weight problems. We used to get candy. I blame church. We used to get candy if we, if we, if we had our memory verse. You, you remember memory verse, everybody? I told our kids team, I, this is true, you ask them. I just ask them. We're changing so that I want my kids to memorize God's Word. We're doing memory verse all month long in, in kids. You know why? Because I want them to know the promises of God. So when they need, if, if I'm in a battle, I need to know 1 John 4 and 4 says, Greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world. 
If I'm in a financial problem, I need to know Philippians 4.19 says, My God will supply all of my needs according to His riches and glory. If I'm afraid and I'm dealing with fear and you're dealing with anxiety today, Psalms 27 and 1 says, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? I'm giving you some promises. You need to write them down on post-it notes and stick them all over your walls. you got to know the promises of God. If you're sick today, if you're dealing with somebody with illness today in the hospital, I have said this over my children a thousand times in the last 10 years. Psalms 103 and 3 says, Bless the Lord who heals all of my diseases. If you need confidence today, 2 Corinthians 3 said, He has made me confident in all things. If you need safety today and you're afraid, Psalms 121 and 8 says, The Lord will watch over my coming and going both now and forevermore. You can't claim the promise you don't know. I'm challenging you to know the promises of God in your life. When life doesn't make sense, you got to find something deep down. That's why David said, your word have I hid in my heart. That when I need it, I know it. I know the promises of God. First Chronicles says, Lord, for the sake of your servant, for my sake, and according to your will, you've done this great thing and you've made known. These great promises. Thank you for. Yeah, I got to know them. Number two. I got to understand his promises. It's not just enough to know them. You got to know how to work it. <laughs> you got to know how to apply it. I need to understand. We spent six weeks talking about wisdom and understanding. Some people get frustrated like, like God's running a false advertisement. You ever bought something online that you thought was going to be one way and it comes in and it's a miniature version of the thing you bought online? Anybody know what I'm talking about like there? Our team's done that a couple of times. We went to go buy something. We're like, oh, the picture looks great. And it comes in and it's made for Barbies. You know, it's like this big. And you think, well, that, that's not what the picture looks. It's false advertisement. And some people think God must be false advertisement. I've been believing, but it's not what, it's not, no. It's, listen, God didn't false advertise. You just, you may didn't apply correctly. God, God can't lie. Listen, Numbers 23 says, God is not a man, so he does not lie. He is not human, so he does not change his mind. Has he ever spoken and failed to act? No. Has he ever promised and not come through? No. God cannot lie. But listen, God's promises that apply to your life. I'm not talking about those general rainbow promises. I'm talking about the promises that apply to your life. They are conditional. I didn't write this on the screen, but put this in your notes. Every promise has a premise. Every promise has a premise. It goes like this. If you, then I. If you, then I. People come to me and say, Pastor, please pray for my job. Please pray for our finances. We're just, we're struggling. My first question, I'm not cold. I promise you. I'm not. I, I promise you. I'm not, I, I don't try to be, I'm not, and I'm, I am smart aleck, but I'm not when, it, when you're hurting. I'm, I mean, I'm not trying to be. I'm really not. But I, my first question is, are you tithing? Because you, you want me to pray for something that God won't do, not because God can't, but because you're not applying the principle correctly. And then you're going to get mad at God like he didn't come through for you. God will come through for you if you put it in the right, if you shift and get it in the right gear. It's manual. It requires some shifting in your life. Every promise has a premise. Are you there, everybody? You gotta, I got to understand it. Let me give you the third one. I got to hurry. Number, number three, I got to pursue his promises. I need to pursue his promise. Every day of your life, you need to get up and pursue the promises of God. 
people tell me, well, pastor, I've already, we've served in our church before. You know, we've, we've served 20 years. And I, I, I've been doing this for a long time. No, it doesn't matter. Listen, you never arrive anywhere until you get to heaven, all right? I don't even like the word saved. Saved is so, it's past tense. I'm not saved till I get to the other side. Are you with me, everybody? You haven't arrived. You haven't, you, well, I know this, and I, I don't need church. That's what I encounter mo, more often these days. Well, me, you know, me and God, we have a, 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 we have a thing worked. I don't have to go to church. I don't have to serve. I don't have to get, I, we don't have to be a part. No, no, no. I got to get up every day and pursue the promises of God in my life. Listen, I told my wife 21 years ago on June the 9th, 2000, I told her I loved her at the altar. She kind of expected me to say it a few more times between then and now. Does it change the promise I made 21 years ago? But does she expect to be pursued in the process? The promise God made for you doesn't change, but you got to get up every day and pursue that promise after God. I'm pursuing blessing in my life. I'm pursuing my children being godly. I'm pursuing my marriage being healthy. I'm pursuing the promises of God in my life. God has made promises to you that are for you and they stay. If you'll get up and you'll... Pres- Psalm said it like this. My eyes stay... David said, I stay up all night. My eyes stay open through the watches of the night that I can meditate on your... Pro- I'm always looking for the promises of God. Now, i got to give you... i got two minutes. i got to give you f- four promises. <laughs> this ain't going to work. We're going to be late today. <laughs> but I'm going to hurry. We built our whole church on four promises. Now, you could say, well, Pastor, this is just for you. And, and, and maybe you will. But I'm asking you today to open your heart that this is not just about us. This is the promise of God for I think every person God ever created. There's a promise that you'll find in the Old Testament. If you're new to the Bible, the Old Testament is a type and shadow of the New Testament. Everything you read there in the natural, you can apply into the kingdom in the New Testament. Let me, an idea. In the Old Testament, the story of Moses the Deliverer the story of, of, of the Israelites in slavery is a type and shadow of Jesus delivering us and giving us abundant life, the promised land. So I want to preach those promises to you for the next four weeks because I want you to walk in that promised land. I want you to walk in the land of promise in your life. So let's go back to this original story and let's see what it is. If you're new to the Bible, the Israelites have been in slavery for 400 years, 440 years to be exact. They've been in slavery for a very very long time. There are six generations who have lived through captivity. The people who are alive today, grandparents, parents, and children, don't know any other life but slavery. They live in an area of Egypt called Goshen. It's an oasis, but there's still hard labor. Most theologians believe the pyramids of ancient Egypt were built by slave labor through the Hebrews. It's, it's really a cruel, awful life. And nobody knows anything but captivity. Everybody alive. And God raises up a deliverer. A type and shadow of Jesus. Moses is born to a Hebrew woman but raised in the Pharaoh's house by the Egyptians. He gets old enough and he realizes, I don't fit here. Something's not right about me. I'm different than everybody else. His anger kind of sparks up when he sees a Hebrew getting killed, a Hebrew slave. And so he kills the Egyptian and he has to run for his life, spend 40 years in the desert. It's in the desert while he's keeping sheep on the backside of his father's father-in-law's land, Jethro's land. He hears from God, go tell Pharaoh to let my people go. You know this story. And God anoints Moses with some promises. 
And he says, when you get there, here's what I want you to tell them. And I don't think it was just for them. I think this is the promise of God for every believer in the room today. I think everybody here can grab hold of this. I think you need to apply these promises. And I'm going to spend four weeks trying to tell you that God wants you to live this kind of promised land life. Therefore, Exodus 6 and 6. Therefore, say to the Israelites, I am the Lord. Four things in a Jewish Passover Uh, Most Orthodox Jews refer to these as the I wills. These are the promises of God for the Jewish nation. But when you receive Jesus into your life, you're grafted into that same covenant. You become, part, you, become a, you become a brother to Abraham, a younger brother to Jesus, a, an heir with Christ, joint heirs with Christ. Are you with me, everybody? He said, here's the promise. Four things, underline these in your Bible, and we'll go. I will bring you out from under the yoke of the Egyptians. Number two, I will free you from being slaves to them. Number three, I will redeem you with an outstretched arm and with mighty acts of judgment. And number four, I will. Four, four things. I will, I will, I, I will take you as my own people. And I will be your God. Now watch this. This is how you know it's a promise. Because the guaranteed result, if you'll allow God to take you out, to free you, to redeem you and to take you as his own people. He said, then you will know that I am the Lord, your God. Now look into my eyes. I want you to be the kind of Christian. I want you to be the kind of believer who no matter what the world does, no matter what storms come into your life, what trials come into your life, how bad things get in your life, I want you to know it may seem bad now, but I'm living in the promises of God and He is the Lord, my God. I I want you to live in such a way that it doesn't matter what happens, you can hold on. You know what? I've applied these principles so the Lord is the Lord, my God. He's the Lord who heals all of my diseases. He's the Lord who's my provider. He's the Lord who comes through and makes a way in my life. He's he's God who provides for me and helps me. He's the Lord my God. Not Not because he applied it to everybody, but because I'm living in these promises. Four promises. Write them down and they're going to play the sad music. That means I got to close. You should be, you should, your biggest amen should, when you see them, come to the keys because you know it's almost over. Write this down right quick. Number one, I will bring you out. I will bring you out. Listen, God loves you right where you are, but he loves you too much to leave you right where you are. God loved the Egyptians in captivity. He just loved them too much to leave them there. Look at me. God loves you in your addiction, but he loves you too much to leave you there. God loves you in your mess, in your confusion, in your depression, but he loves you too much to leave you there. God promises me, write it like this, God promises me salvation. Promise to save you, I'll bring you out. Second thing he said is, I will free you, write this down, you got it right quick. I will free you from being slaves to them. I'll free you. Pastor, what are you saying? That sounds like the same thing. I'll bring you out and I'll free you. No, no, no. You can be brought out and still be a slave. Because slavery has less to do with chains and more to do with your brains. (laughs) It's more about how I think. I've met a ton of people on their way to heaven living through hell. Because you've been brought out, you just hadn't been set free. 
God says, I want to free you from the mentality of a slave. Write it down like this. God promises me deliverance. God's, he promises to deliver me. Now, I'm not talking about demon possession. There's so much. Let me go ahead. Can I go ahead and... There's a lot of stuff y'all blame on demons. That's probably just you. There's, there's a really powerful lieutenant in hell called choices. But God will deliver you. I'm not just talking about demon possession. I'm talking about deliverance. Well, pastor, I'm not an addict. I'm not. Yeah, but you got a temper. God will deliver you. Yeah, but you battled anxiety for long enough. And it's not chemical. It's choice. You, you need deliverance. Third thing, I will redeem you. I will redeem you. I will redeem. I love this. Most people get stuck in deliverance. They get stuck constantly dealing with their past and their issues. But the best part of Christianity, the best part of living for God happens in redemption. It's where you've been brought out. Now you've been set free. Now God says, hey, 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 hey. I got something for you to do. And I love, listen, I, I, if I could preach anything, it'd be this right here. God promises me restoration. <laughs> he says, I'll take you out of Egypt. Then I'll take Egypt out of you. Then I'll remind you who you used to be. I'll, I'll, Hebrews, you weren't always slaves. You don't remember, but I remember. I remember how your father Abraham heard me and left Ur of the Chaldees. I remember. I remember how your father Jacob heard from God and, and how, he, how he put that coat on Joseph. I remember. I remember who you used to be. And I'll restore the plan I originally had for you. Look into my eyes. You may not remember the dreams of your childhood, but God does. God will restore the years, the dreams, the purpose, the plan. And then the fourth thing, I love this. He said, then I'll take you. I will take you as my own people. I will take you as my own people. The first three are about you. You can't do with anybody else. God said, I'm going to take you out. I'm going to set you free. I'm going to restore your purpose. But the fourth thing, you need somebody else for. He said, once I get all that stuff out, Ruben, I'm going to put you with some other people. If there's one thing I, I, I have committed to preach from now till Jesus comes back out of 2020, it's this. You can get saved alone, but you cannot grow up and be discipled alone. You need people. God designed us for, and I don't, now it's, now it's going to get bold. I don't really care what government says what. I don't really care what lockdown says who, what, when, where, why. I don't really care what variant does varying variants. Look in my eyes. We're going to get together because God's called us as a people. God promises me fulfillment in his family. You get fulfilled in family. The world's been too isolated. It's not good. It's not good. The problems we're dealing with right now are the result of isolation. It's not good. You need people. God promises you salvation. 
and deliverance and restoration and fulfillment. Everybody's on a spiritual journey. Everybody's headed somewhere. I want to take the next three weeks together and claim these promises over you. Bow your heads right where you are. Maybe open up your hands a little bit. I want you to receive this. Paul would often pray in a letter. He would say things like, this is my prayer for you. and I'm praying this over you. I want you to stretch your hands towards God. I want to pray Ephesians 1 and 17 over you. The Bible says, I ask the God of our master Jesus Christ, the God of glory. This is my prayer, God. That you make them intelligent and discerning. In knowing you personally, I want people to know God. So that your eyes would be focused and clear. I want people to settle their yesterdays and find deliverance and freedom. So that you can see exactly what He's calling you to do. I want people to find plans and purpose for their life. So that you grasp the immensity of this glorious way of life. God has for you. I want people to walk in abundant life as difference makers. I want people to know God, to find freedom, to discover God's purpose for their life, to join a family where they can make a difference the rest of their lives. So Father, I pray for every hand raised and every person in the room that the promises of God would be yes and amen to them. I pray that they'd live in such a way that God would hold up his end of the bargain. I pray, God, over the next couple of weeks as we open our heart to these promises of salvation and deliverance and restoration and fulfillment, that, God, you would supernaturally do what I can't do in the natural. God, I'm committing to do my part and I'm going to live principle, but I'm asking you for that guaranteed result of fulfillment, satisfaction, and that hope is restored the promises of God. That God, there's something that reignites in people in this room. There's, there, God, there's fresh vision for the future. God, I just pray in every member of this church and people who aren't members, people who just maybe on the fringes and thinking, I don't even know if this is for me. I pray the next four weeks would ignite something that hell cannot extinguish to know God, to find freedom, to discover their purpose make a difference with all of their lives God I'm claiming the promises of God over me I'm claiming the promises of God you have for us this fall will be a supernatural time it's going to be a supernatural season we are ready to step into the promise in Jesus name and everybody shout amen thank you for joining us today and a special thanks to those of you who give generously to this ministry you know it's because of you that we're able not only to bring this message to you we're able to offer hope and life to the San Antonio Hill Country and beyond. So if you'd like to give today, you can visit cityhillstx.com right now. And if this message blessed you, why don't you click subscribe or share this message with your friends uh, on your socials. I pray it's a blessing to others in your world. Thanks again for listening today. God bless you.